Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. So, okay, Nehemiah 6 and 1. Y'all remember Sanballat, right? That old geezer. Now, it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. Now, when I first read that, I thought it was the Valley of Ono, as in, oh, no, don't go do that. (laughs) But um, so they've been building the wall around Jerusalem to protect the people from enemies like this. And but this here is an old tactic. They had already tried to attack Jerusalem before that did not work out. So if you can't if you can't take down the people, then take down the leader. Now their strategy was to take out Nehemiah alone. If they can destroy Nehemiah's credibility, then why should we listen to Nehemiah anymore? The people would lose track of the vision of building the wall, and then Jerusalem would not be a superpower with a defense. So they invited him to a supposed peace talk in Ono. Interesting thing about Ono, when I looked into it, that was near Sanballat's home territory. That means he's going to bring them to his own hometown. That doesn't look right, does it? He, Sanballat had a lot of influence in that area. A lot of people there would do whatever he wanted them to. This is not a good place to go. So Sanballat lied to Nehemiah, and he tried to make it look on the surface to, to be an official peace talk, but at the core, they were trying to lure him in to do some harm to him. So it's good that Nehemiah wrote down for us to see it. He said, they thought to do me harm, which means that God in some way or another informed Nehemiah what they were really up to. See, Nehemiah always had a good prayer life, and you need a prayer life. God will tell you things that you can't find out any other way. Now, even though Nehemiah knew they were out to get him, he couldn't actually prove that. So Nehemiah chose a very careful response that would demonstrate, that would make them prove whether they were really serious about peace or not. Uh, Nehemiah 6 and 3, So I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? We got to consider Nehemiah was the governor. And so any correspondence that was going back and forth between them guys, it was going to be known by other people. So it was important to consider a way how to reply to Sanballat without making it look like he was publicly questioning his motive. So if these guys truly meant for peace, then Sanballat needed to be pushed to do a little better diplomacy than to just say, hey, come over to my neck of the woods. 
So now, though, that he sent a response back, now the ball is in Sanballat's court. Did he really want peace, or was he lying? Nehemiah 6 and 4. But they sent this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. It's like if the first answer didn't work, I guess I'll give it to you again. You know, don't it, don't it bug you when people just push you over and over and over again like you're supposed to say, okay, you win. You asked me four times. I can't stand to hear the fifth time. I'll come to Ono. That's, that doesn't work. How do you think he was supposed to answer the same question, the same attempt four times with the same response four times? My position has not changed. He's being focused on his mission. He's not being distracted. Ask me a hundred different ways if you want to. I'm going to answer the same way. I've had people try to distract me out of ministry more times than I can count. And my answer was always the same. I'm going to go do this. You just stick to your vision. Stick to your calling. So the same question and the same answer four times. That proved that Sanballat, he was not really interested in peace. And I think that even the people of Jerusalem who did not have the same level of discernment that Nehemiah had, Even they were starting to see what was going on here. And if you read between the lines in this story, Nehemiah was doing more than just building a wall of defense for the people. He was also teaching the people discernment because they're watching him. They're watching how he conducted himself in this problem. He was teaching the people how to remain firm in the calling of God and how to not let distraction take over. Lord knows we have too many distractions out there today. A lot more Bible reading would be getting done by people. A lot more prayer would be getting done by people if that internet wasn't out there and if that TV set wasn't going all the time. It's distraction. We're called to bigger things. We're called to eternal things that we need to get our minds on. Nehemiah 6 and 5. Then Sanballat sent his servant to me, as before, the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. And it was written... It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, there you go is your clue right there, rumor. According to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Let us have our peace talks. Come over to Ono in my neck of the woods, and let's, let's talk about it. So here's Sam Ballot. He skillfully crafted a lie that Sam Ballot, it's like, Nehemiah, I'm really looking out for your well-being. I'm doing this for your good, Nehemiah. Sam Ballot wanted Nehemiah to think that King Artaxerxes would come and attack him if Nehemiah tried to become king because he said, hey, King Artaxerxes is not going to like having a rival king in the area. So the lie is, we're just looking out for you, man. We're just trying to help you out. You ever notice that every agenda out there in the world that's designed to take you away from your calling of God is always based on bettering you, your best life. Or this product for you to buy, it's going to make your life better. And you're all distracted all over the place. Okay, but it's for your own good. We're just trying to help you. Don't fall for that. You know how it is when people try to cook up a lie to manipulate you, to manipulate you, they will say something like, well, everybody says that you're blah, blah, blah. They try to say everybody's saying these things. They have this 
need to invent a supposed alliance that everybody's on their side? Well, Ray, you ought to stop because everybody's telling me that you're not able. Oh, really? Every, who, who's everybody? Everybody's saying that something about you is try to get Nehemiah scared that he'll say, oh, no, everybody's out to get me. I better do what Sam Ballot wants. Oh, I better run to Ono as quick as I can because everybody says they're not saying it. This is an idiotic maneuver here. <laughs> when somebody ever tells me, well, everybody says this about you, Ray, then I say, I don't care what everybody says about me. I've got a calling. I've got a vision that i got to do. I don't care what everybody thinks. They live their life. I live mine. Sand Ballad played that everybody says trick on Nehemiah. The nations are saying, he said. He goes, oh, and Geshem says too. Did you see that? He goes, oh, everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying it. You should be scared now. You ever turn on the news? The, all the news channels and everything, oh, 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 all this scary stuff's coming. You're going to lose your money, America. Oh, don't let that guy in office. Oh, here they come. Everybody's saying, stop it. Don't get distracted. What did God tell you to do? Who cares what everybody says? Everybody says bad things about me. They were saying bad things about Nehemiah, and it was all a big, fat lie designed to get his focus off the mission. Nehemiah was not planning a rebellion. He was not trying to set him up as king like these guys were saying. There was no need for Nehemiah to go and waste his time for a lie. And friends, there's no reason for you to waste your time to lose sleep at night to be worried and all upset over lies that have nothing to do with your calling. Stay focused on your mission. Even if Sam Ballot did report these lies to King Artaxerxes, like he threatened that he would do, I'm going to tell the king, Nehemiah didn't have to worry about it because it was King Artaxerxes that gave him permission to go and build this wall in the first place. Nehemiah had the king's permission. He had the king's provision already and the king's authority to do the work that he was called to do. The king said, go and do it. I'm going to tell the king on you, go tell him. He already told me to do it. So Nehemiah was not required to give up his time or to answer to anyone else whose goal was to do nothing more than take him down. Christian, you are not required to answer to those who are trying to take you down. You do not have to answer to them. Who do we answer to? We answer the Lord God Almighty and anyone that he has sent who has a confirmation in his word to talk to us. That's it. Now, there's another possibility that the letter that Sanballat wrote might have had a little touch of truth in it. You know how some people take little snippets of truth and make big lies out of them, okay, but there's a little piece of truth. I'll tell you right now, 99% truth plus 1% lie equals 100% lie. So it's likely that someone near to Sanballat knew the prophetic scriptures about the coming Messiah who would be king and reign in Jerusalem, in Judah. Now, we know this to be King Jesus. We, we have that understanding now. But perhaps maybe there was a very astute reader of God's word at that time, and maybe he saw passages about the Messiah ruling as king in Jerusalem, but maybe they misinterpreted it to mean that maybe it would be Nehemiah who would fill that role. They were thinking Nehemiah was going to try to become the king. There's going to be a king in Judah, in Jerusalem. 
Maybe Nehemiah is the one that's trying to do that. I want you to look at verse 7, where Sanballat said, You have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying there is a king in Judah. That's not true. He was not trying to be a king at all. So again, it could be that a very astute set of researchers, maybe they saw some prophecy that said a king was coming in Judah and Jerusalem, and they got all excited, maybe thinking it was going to be Nehemiah that would be that king in Judah. Maybe they're getting excited. Oh, that king is finally coming. And so Sanballat heard about it and figured, oh, Nehemiah is trying to do that for himself. Consider how the Jews had long been looking forward to their coming Messiah for centuries, and now that they saw Jerusalem being rebuilt after all this destruction, they started to get excited. Maybe that's that prophecy. Maybe it's that Nehemiah guy. I bet he's setting himself up as king. Sam Ballot picked up on this and thought, no way, not having it. So he's, he used it in his letter to accuse Nehemiah with it. I hear you're trying to be king. I think that's where he heard that from, was from Jews looking for the Messiah who would come. Nehemiah 6 and 8. Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Look at him. He prayed again. I was in Israel. I was on top of Mount Carmel. And I heard a minister who was preaching up there. He said, whatever your prayer life is today, double it. You need it. Nehemiah prayed. We should probably double our prayer life with all that's going on out there. But Nehemiah still, he was not going to give in to Sam Ballot's bullcorn. It just wasn't happening. He would not give in to that pressure, the fear tactics, the bullying. I'm going to tell the king on you. All the nations are saying, blah, blah, blah. He didn't answer with a, I hope you don't get mad at me kind of response. He said flat out such things as you've made this up. Now, Nehemiah is having to get real serious with his words now. Before it was, I have a project. I can't leave. I can't leave it unsupervised. Now he's saying, you made this all up. It's not happening. Nehemiah is very direct. The only way a guy can respond with guts like this is when he has complete and total faith in his God of Israel. Friends, you're going to have people try to push you, and there's times you're going to have to be firm. Typically, people today would have said, who's talking about me? And there you go. You just got snared in this mess. Who's talking about me? I'm going to go find out from Geshem. I'm going to go find out from the other nations. Who's talking about me? They need to come tell me to my face. Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) What did God tell you to do? You know, if you work at Burger King, And the boss from McDonald's says, I don't like the way you flip patties. So what? The Burger King boss told me how to do it. Who cares what Mr. McDonald man says? Right? I must be thinking of hamburgers or something. I don't know. (laughs) He said, you made this up. And and people would would have been like, well, who's, who's, who's spying about me? I'll go tell them how it is. You don't need to tell them. All they need to do is watch you. Stick to the mission, focus. Nehemiah did not need to do any of that. He didn't need to go to all these people that are supposedly talking. He pretty much just called Sam Ballot a big, fat liar. Nehemiah 6 and 10. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deleah, the son of 
Mehetabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. And let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this reason he was hired, that I should be afraid and act that way and sin, so that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. My God, here he goes again praying, My God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works, and the prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets who would have me afraid. Okay, this secret informer here, Shemaiah, he must have, I'm guessing he may have been a trusted guy around Nehemiah at some point, trusted up until now, because God ratted him out. That, that's another thing, friends, is watch this. You go around doing sneaky snake, and you go around doing a little talking bad, gossipy, somebody said, and you know, trying to cook something up. Did you know that God can rat you out? God can just rat you clean out, and you'll never know. You'll cover all your tracks, and God will rat you straight out. Be careful, okay? He did it to this guy. Nehemiah perceived in his prayer life, like I said, let's double it. You want a double portion of this protection? Double your prayer life, because he prayed, and the Lord told him, "Uh uh-uh, not this guy. Look out for him. Only a prophet would suggest something like this. Let's go in the house of God. Let's go in the temple and shut the doors. They're coming, okay? So he's trying to act like a prophet. He's trying to make he's trying to make this look holy. Like here's an answer so godly. Oh, this is a godly answer. You need to know the word of God because people will come to you with answers. Everybody's talking about you. They're coming to get you. So you need to go do this. You need to go, wait a minute. God didn't tell me to do this. No, no, no. God's telling me to tell you. And if you don't have enough of your own prayer life and enough knowledge of the Word of God, you'll fall for it every time. You've got to know. Okay, Nehemiah perceived, and that's good that he was able to do that because he had a relationship with his God. So he's trying to make it look godly. He's trying to make it look holy. Let's go in the temple of God. And Shemaiah claimed to have pronounced a prophecy. Look at verse 12. Nehemiah said that Shemaiah pronounced this prophecy against me. Guys, this is no prophecy at all. It's not. It's a lie. We've got a lot of false prophets out there today. Well, how do I know? Well, do you know your Word of God? No. (laughs) If you don't know the Word of God, you're going to have a real hard time picking these guys out. It's a lie. Nehemiah knows better. Shemaiah had been pretending to be a prophet, and God gave Nehemiah the discernment to see right through it. Because Nehemiah said, he said, I perceived that God had not sent this guy, but Tobiah and Sanballat hired him. I can't state it enough. Operating in in faith and in prayer, knowing God's word, those are biggies. You have to have that in your Christian life. Well, I don't have time for the Bible. I guarantee you, you do. You just haven't made the time. Make the time. He knew God's word. He was faithful and prayerful. He knew the calling that God had put on his life. He knew the vision of where he was going. I'm building this wall. This is for Jerusalem. He knew what to do. And what Shemaiah said to him 
did not line up with the vision that God had given him to do. What is the point of building up a wall if he's going to listen to every faker that claims to have a word of the Lord for him? What's the point of having a wall if somebody inside your wall can make you do anything they want? So in this case, Nehemiah knew that if he went into the temple with Nehemiah not being a priest, only priests can go in there. Let me give you a quick parallel. Only our high priest Jesus can come into this temple and your heart. Only Jesus can do that. So, okay, let's take it back to Nehemiah. He's not a priest. He's a governor. It was not his place to go inside that temple like that. Therefore, Nehemiah, had he gone in there, he would have desecrated the temple, and then he would have been under God's judgment. So what Shemaiah was telling him did not line up with God's word. Right away, if the alarms aren't going off yet, Nehemiah knows that Shemaiah is not a prophet. He is a false prophet. Christians, I'm telling you, there are more false prophets running around today than there has ever been in human history. And if you don't know the word of God, you are going to be victim to everything they want you to do. You're going to be a little string puppet for them, and you're not going to do what God has called you to do. Be careful. Get in that book. Read as much Bible as you can today and see what it does in your life. I'm telling you, it works. He's a false prophet. Because Shemaiah's supposed word from God did not align with God's word. You got to know God's word. You got to know how to pick out false teachers that are speaking contrary against what God's word says. Nehemiah quickly had Shemaiah penned. I mean, he had him right up front as a fake. He was hired by Sanballat and Tobiah to trick him. Nehemiah was not just an average guy around Jerusalem. He was the governor. If people saw him go into the temple, then they would also see him disregarding God's commands about the temple, that only the priests should go in. And then what do you think the people would do after that? Once people see their leader break the law, then everybody else is going to break the law. That's why Nehemiah said, I perceive that God didn't send him because if I do this, then they're going to make a bad report about me. Did you see where he said that? Bad report. What's the bad report? The governor went in the temple. He's not supposed to do that. All they got to do is get him to go in that temple. And then everybody says, I'm done following Nehemiah. And now the leadership structure breaks. The vision breaks. The defense isn't going to get done. The wall, you see the breakdown of all he has to do is go in that temple and it's done. You see the trouble. Everybody would start breaking the law too. Well, Nehemiah did it, so I'm going to do it. Friends, this is accountability. And you as a Christian before unbelievers, you can't do what everybody else tells you to do. Well, everybody else is doing it. Fine. Let them do it. Let that be their sin. Don't let it be yours. You've got a higher calling of God. Because if you do it, then other people are going to go, well, Ray did it. Well, I saw Ray hanging out with some other woman that wasn't his wife. Well, if Ray can do it, then I can do it. See, this, the structure breakdown, you call yourself a believer in Jesus, good. You're very accountable now to do right. So he didn't want a bad report. So he says, I, I'm not going to go into this temple. I can't do it. Everybody would end up breaking the law. And then there would be exponentially greater trouble than there is already. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.